Hello, lovely listeners. Rebecca and Jen here again to serve you up another double-double dose of reality. We have made it to the finale. Woo! It is the end of Matt's journey. The finale after the final rose. Get it. Today, for drinking-wise, pineapple boubles. We do. Let's grab them and crack them. I also tried a Bud Light. Was it? Black Cherry? Bud Light or Boobly would like to reach out, sponsor us. <laughs> we now have 81 followers on Instagram. We Just... will make all these drinks with your drinks. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. All right. So Here we are. Let's crack it open. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Yes, I drank the Bud Light. And I said, this bud's for you, Michelle, because, oh, Michelle. This is very good. Right? It's very subtle. Review of the pineapple. Tasty. If some flavors if, are not Listen, great. if you're listening, Boobly, I love all of your flavors. <laughs> and I know how to hold a can facing camera. Mm. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so we got pineapple boobles and mm-hmm. black cherry bud light seltzers. Mm-hmm. Would recommend. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I usually don't go for those light brands of, of beers, but this didn't really have a beer taste, so. On the pull tab, it says a little, that's so cute. Okay, yeah. I'll stop talking about the sparkling water. <laughs> All right, finale. We've reached it. Final we two. reached the end. Mm-hmm. Michelle and Rachel, who will he pick? We already know, but already let's know. go through it anyways. So we are set to meet Matt's family, which is his mom and his brother, John. I saw a tweet that said John looked like Matt's alter ego, and I could see it. Matt is like the Mm -hmm. young Republicans of America, and his brother looks like what you would view a lot of black rappers to look like is what his brother looked like. But his persona was so different. Very shy. And this is where you can't judge a book by its cover, people, because... Yeah, he was very just, like, quiet and genuine. But but the way that he held that wine glass. (laughs) It was so funny to see him and his grill and, like, a glass of Chardonnay. And he didn't know what to do with it because he was, like, sitting and talking to He just kind of sat cross-legged with it, like, what do you see in my I was like, give him a table to put that drink down on, okay? Don't make him hold that thing. Um, Yeah, but so Michelle is the first one up. She comes with flowers. They're beautiful. Comes to meet his parents. Mm -hmm. His mom instantly starts crying, like tears of joy, talking about, before Michelle even says anything to her. Yeah, she's just already in tears. And like, to not see the great energy that comes from Michelle. Right? And she's like, I'm an elementary school teacher. She talked about how much that she would have to give up to go on to a show like this. Yeah. Because I know that the parents at this point, um, they question the intention because as we talked about before... There's so much, like you become an automatic celebrity almost and you're in, you're insta-famous because it's become such a social media frenzy with that franchise. And so every parent will question like, what are you really doing? So for Michelle to bring up the fact that she is an elementary school teacher and she thought about what she would have to give up in order to come and she only did come because it was Matt and the qualities that they released about him made her, drew her to come onto the show. And that's what a, what a parent wants to hear, yeah. right? Well, well, and I liked when Michelle said that she liked that he was like a world changer, like yeah. his, his work with, with the underprivileged mm-hmm. kids, right? Yes. I feel like it's probably very up her alley with the fact that she's an mm-hmm. elementary teacher. Having a good elementary teacher is something that you remember it's, your whole life. It's so pivotal. If we had one really good elementary teacher, we always remember that person. Always remember. And we always pinpoint that as this is the person that changed the trajectory of my life because they were that positive adult role model that was missing, that provided that self-esteem or self-confidence confidence or the will to try something that maybe someone wouldn't have otherwise and we've heard it from her students right yeah when the the notes that she wrote like to that to that one student you can tell that she really cares about that 
Matt's brother pulls her aside with his Chardonnay. He says that Matt's been so sheltered with his feelings mm-hmm. and relationships. Yeah, the fact that he hasn't really shared his feelings and thoughts about yeah. other relationships with even his family just goes to show how closed off maybe he has been. And they talk about the fact that Michelle's last relationship was January of 2020, her last long-term one. So I'm I'm really curious to know why that one ended. Yeah. And and what was the the issue there? Because um, we're interested in all things Michelle. That'll come up in um. I mean, it's not really a spoiler at this point, but in her season, in her season, we'll yeah. talk more about that at the end. Yeah. The conversation between Michelle and his mom. Yeah. Was so. It was just like uh, there was a connection there. You. Know, his mom talks about how Matt, as a kid, would always gravitate to friends with a f- traditional full family and how he wanted that. But Michelle was. I don't see that as a disadvantage. Him growing up in this family, it makes him appreciate things that you may not appreciate if you had a traditional family the mom was she was really emotional because she's like he he got stuff from other people that I couldn't give him and I mean we're not moms but I can only imagine as a mom how heartbreaking that would feel to not be able to provide your child with just a basic model of love yeah you know she's like I know like your parents had it and you grew up with such a good one but again Michelle being the goddess that she is is like I don't see it as a disadvantage it made him who he is and it made him maybe recognize things and be sensitive and compassionate to things that other people would overlook yeah (laughs) Rachel um so it doesn't feel like a scripted answer no, it just, it felt so genuine. It's who she is. So genuine and real. And it talked about a like real substantial something. Yeah, I feel like the biggest, for me, the biggest difference between Rachel's time with Matt's family and Michelle's was Michelle's felt very concrete. It felt very grounded. Yeah. Rachel's felt very floaty and it was all love. It was, nothing was yeah. like a solid answer, if she that sp- makes sense. She but- spoke a lot in generalities. There wasn't uh, specifics of her and Matt's relationship. Yeah, groundedness, talking about how their families intersect, how their lives could intersect in a real way, in a tangible way. Yeah. And we had this conversation when we were watching the show this morning. It makes sense why he didn't pick Michelle because the relationship doesn't seem exciting. Like, it's just a grounded, safe, good relationship. Stable, yeah. Not just, like, overwhelming lust and passion passion and stuff. Which The butterflies. Which is what, uh, in our society, we have been conditioned to think love is. Like, that's what love is. If you don't get the butterflies, if you don't have that physical chemistry, if you don't have this, 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 this checklist, then that's not love or that's not real love. Yeah. Why is that the definition of love? I think for both of us going through the relationships that we have, it's not about that quick reaction love. No. And you can fall in and out of that kind of love really easily. It's the kind of love that does offer you that stability and that safeness. And you can find the excitement within that. Yeah. You know, you can do things together and they don't have to be inherently exciting. You could be baking a cake together from scratch and that could be the most exciting thing because you make it that exciting because you're with that person. Yeah. And there's a connection that's deeper than just like, I want to fuck you. Right. (laughs) And it's that search for the healthy love versus the unhealthy love. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like, you still want to be attracted to the person. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we could see that Matt and Michelle are attracted to each other. Yeah. But there was more to it than that. I think this again goes back to Matt's lack of that emotional maturity Mm -hmm. where he hasn't had the first heartbreak with the girl 
that he just thought was hot that he was in love with. He hasn't had that. So how could he how could he know that that what the Michelle relationship presented mm-hmm. is what you'd probably be going for? Yeah. Michelle says that she's in love with Matt. It's so sweet and it made me so mad because we were uh, like, you know, more. you knew. They have a snowball flight. Matt's mom approves of Michelle and she's like, I can, if they get together, I can see her fitting right, like, in, with the family. right in super well, not even a question, um, which I don't think she said about Rachel. No. The next date is with Rachel meeting his family and you could just see Matt's beaming from the idea. Yeah, he's like excited on the balls of his feet, like kind of bouncing up and down and he's saying how Rachel brings out his emotional side. <laughs> I feel I just, like we oh, no. still, every time that Matt talks about that Rachel brings out this stuff in him, mm-hmm. I feel like we look at each other and we're like, where? 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 How? Again, even just putting aside all the external stuff, if we just took the season at face value, we didn't get to see who she even was. Like, there was no personality there. She only talked about her self-esteem issues. Yeah. So... I di- yeah, I just don't get it. And no. so she comes in with her with her sunflowers, and they're sitting there, and his mom just looks skeptical right off the bat. The what look on say? this woman's face. You said even her bouquet is subpar. Her pathetic-ass bouquet, subpar. Michelle's was full... <laughs> And beautiful. And diaper. And diaper. Oh my god. And Rachel's was like three sunflowers that she like threw at his mom and was like, fetch Cruella. And she talks about how she's worn her heart on her sleeve. And oh, we both were like, look at the mom. Look at the mom with Rachel versus mom with she Michelle. Looked, she looked so skeptical of it her. It was so different. The energy was so different. And it wasn't so much of what she said, just her demeanor, her body language. But, yeah, but it was almost like Matt and his mom switched with each girl, right? Mm-hmm. Like Matt didn't look nearly as excited with Michelle his mom was like so invested over the moon mm-hmm. and then Rachel comes in and his mom looks like so not defensive but just like skeptical she was, she was on guard yeah she was on and guard. Matt's like but mommy I love her it's the little mermaid it's yeah like- we compared it to Ariel seeing Prince Eric for the first time and falling into lust and but daddy I love him and Triton's trying you know he's not trying to be a bully but he's she kind of like, pushes him to you that you don't know him he will take you away from your family <laughs> you don't know him you don't know what his people have done I feel like that was the same kind of energy what a metaphor yeah he has a conversation with, with John and his Chardonnay she talks about all her serious relationship she's like i had a serious high school boyfriend and a serious boyfriend in college when you're 17 your relationships are not serious there is no such thing as a serious relationship in high school unless you marry the guy and even then by the time you're being married you're an adult so Mm -hmm. it can't be serious at that point when you're 17 no yeah and then she says she's not been in love with someone she views matt as her other half and we've talked about this how you cannot be looking for another half of yourself you shouldn't be missing a half of yourself like we all have room to grow and plead ourselves and stuff but you shouldn't be looking for someone else to be that completion to you you should be looking to be a complete whole person in yourself and love yourself and i think the big difference is between what rachel and michelle said they were looking for Mm. rachel said she was looking for her other half the mouse other half Mm -hmm. michelle said she was looking for a teammate yes your teammate which i feel like is just such a healthier way of looking at your relationship yeah we know michelle's gonna be fine on her own because mm-hmm. she's a queen. Yeah. She's a strong woman. Rachel, meh, I don't know. Definitely two different ways of, of looking at not just love, but marriage. Yeah. To me, it seems like even when you, we saw the families, like Rachel has this vibe that it's like marriage is just a thing you're supposed to do. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't, there didn't seem like a lot of love between Rachel's parents. We didn't, we didn't see the affection. No. We didn't 
feel the connection between them the same way that Michelle's parents really, really had. You don't need to be all over each other for people to see that connection between you. Yeah, definitely different models of what love and marriage is and the expectation that you should be married versus that you want to be married to that person, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. I think the only time I really see Matt's mom get into having Rachel around and like being okay with the idea is when they're having a conversation Mm. and Rachel talks about how the first thing she liked about Matt was his prayer at the beginning of the season and you could see that that just tugged at Matt's mom's heartstrings manipulation it's totally emotional manipulation and I feel like Rachel used the knowledge that Matt and his mom and his family are rooted in a faith base she used that as emotional manipulation because she talked in generalities how she was in awe of Matt of everything and it was her faith in God and God put him in her life and her and his life there was nothing that she talked about in their relationship she just put it all to God but I know growing up I hated when my successes were attributed to some other higher being like it removed my responsibility or it didn't acknowledge my hard work at something yeah like you were talking about like you hated when you took a test and your mom was like oh God guided you through that yeah you were like no I'm a smart woman God blessed you with this it's like no I worked hard at this yeah this wasn't God blessing me with the the the, this was me using my brain this was me studying this is me doing that nothing working through me I do believe in in some kind of higher power that's not what this is about this is about taking responsibility and accountability and so when people are attributing everything to God and God's will and God's actions you are removing responsibility from yourself and culpability from yourself yeah you know oh I trust that God will find a way and I believe no you need to put in the work you need to put in the effort for me that's frustrating yeah it just it feels kind of like scapegoating to me just because there was Mm -hmm. nothing yeah there was nothing concrete in her feelings towards him it was very it was floaty language you shouldn't be in a marriage with someone that you're just in awe of no and you're gonna what then place him on a pedestal and like that's not a good relationship for her to be in either because then she's going to be constantly looking to please him never make him angry never make it hard like but, yeah but I don't know we don't know if that's just what she saw as an example growing up she's from the south maybe that's more of a thing and I think of Michelle talking about how she was she liked Matt's Matt's work and like his successes it wasn't even like she was in awe she was just like I appreciate that you've worked hard and that this is something that you care about and you've done yeah. hard work and you're doing something for the better she acknowledged his work she acknowledged his world changing she acknowledged his family dynamic but Rachel did not say any of those things. And even Matt talking about Rachel, he was like, we have fun together. And then he was like, "We, I know our relationship is more than that. I'm like, do you though? Do you though? Because it doesn't seem like you do at this point. You know? It seems like you are about the fun and you're about the attraction part. I think it's seeing him and hearing him talk and hearing Rachel talk that the mom then says what she says and the brother then says what she, what he says. Because I think if it was just Michelle, I think they would have been supportive of the engagement. Part. Yeah. But because of Rachel and hearing him talk about Rachel, and they probably knew at that point, like, this is who he's choosing. Yeah. They were like, these are my concerns. And the mom was like, the, the engagement doesn't have to be automatic at, at the end of this because you believe you're in love. Feelings come and go. I, and I do like the fact that she said, love is not the end all be all because it's not. 
No. Love alone will not keep a relationship going and it will not keep a relationship together. In fact, it will keep you in a toxic relationship longer than you need to be. And I think what I didn't like about this is Matt got really defensive. He shut down. Yeah, and he blamed a lot of stuff on like what was missing in his childhood from not having his dad around. Mm-hmm. But did he ever stop to think about that maybe it would have been worse for his mom if she had stayed in that relationship just so her sons had their dad? Because mm-hmm. how do we know that would have been a good example for him? Yeah, there's, there's countless examples where parents stay together using the excuse of for the kids or so the kids can have both parents in their life i know from my own example examples i've seen in my family uh, we wish our parents split up a lot sooner than they did because they were better people away from each other and they would have been able to give us their best best selves we didn't want them together it was more damaging to us in a lot of ways to have them stay together and see that example of the fighting and arguing lack of communication and everything that we saw Versus if they separated, learned who to, who they were as their own people in their own power, and then gave us the best versions of themselves. Yeah, like my my mom's parents got divorced when my mom's youngest sister was 18, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think the last couple of years they were together was probably a similar thing. They shouldn't have been together. They had been divorced for a long time by the time that I was old enough to know that they had ever been married. It blows my mind that my grandmother was ever married to my grandfather. Love my grandpa. Love my grandma. Like, I just can't even picture them together. Seeing my grandma as, like, a single woman throughout my whole life. She was such a strong woman, such a good mom, such a good grandma. My grandfather, great dad, great grandpa. But I can't even picture them together. So I can't even imagine those couple years where they probably should have been split up, but were, like, just, like, fighting and stuff like that. That's not to say, too, that there's also a lot of examples of divorced parents that kept things civil and then were in their children's lives and the child still was brought up feeling loved and not feeling rejected and, st- and things like that. So we don't know a no. lot of the story of why the dad stayed away and only came a little bit at a time. We don't know the dynamic between the mom and the father. We're not privy to that information. No. So we're just going off of what we've been given. But again, something can be the the reason why, but you can't keep blaming that thing. No, and he, he just kept bringing it up for the rest of the episode. Even his brother, too, is like, don't jump into something you're actually not ready for. Yeah. And I felt like they brought, they really did bring him back down to earth. It wasn't them putting doubt into his mind or influencing his decision. They brought him back down to reality and out of the bachelor bubble. Because I feel like he got really wrapped up in yeah, the bachelor totally, bubble. You know? Totally. He got wrapped up in that, in that fantasy of fairy tale. And fair enough, it's hard not to. That's why I always want the family to come in a lot sooner than they do. They shouldn't be coming in right before the engagement happens I feel like they should be coming in maybe yeah. even before the women hometowns yeah because they're the ones that really ground and bring the lead back to reality so that we don't have a Matt and Michelle situation which we will talk about next totally. <laughs> um, in between the two though he talks to Chris Harrison what a weird conversation yeah this <laughs> when was... Matt has doubts about getting engaged and Chris is basically like what are you gonna listen to your mom well yeah like Matt is trying to be self-aware and he's like okay yeah they brought up some things that I didn't really consider and I need like I would be silly to not take that into account in my decision I'm not just gonna dismiss what they said because I'm being stubborn in how I feel about something these are people that care about me in my yeah. life and they're speaking the truth that I need to hear it's not an easy truth to listen to but it's a and truth it's not that a I good for you it's not a good for TV but, um, it, but he's, he's like am I re- actually ready for this Am I ready for the work that goes into not just a relationship, but a marriage relationship? You know who I think needed Matt's mom and brother? 
player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some guidance. But yeah, it was just funny seeing Chris being like, well, that's not a very fun greeting card. Love's well, not it. Yeah. So he's like, so basically your mom said, well, love ends. What kind of greeting card is that? I'm like, you're okay. going to listen to your mom. Okay, Chris Harrison and your Hallmark aesthetic. It there. Was kind of, yeah, that was just funny to me. Just his reaction. But I like how Matt was like, I want to make sure I'm ready and not just telling them what they want to hear or feeling pressure from the show to have the proposal because that's what's expected at the end. So different from Peter's season where he was like jumping from girl to girl to girl to girl because he felt like he needed to propose or whatever it was. And then he ended up with no one and then with Kelly and then not with Kelly. And anyways, life's a mess for him. So (laughs) the other thing thing I loved we were watching and they did the next step after the federal rose and they're introducing Emmanuel Ocho 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 as hosting the after the federal rose but Chris Harrison was the one who recorded the voiceover yeah I love really picture- I love picturing him just in the sound booth for that yeah just with his script and being like okay uh, this is my replacement there we go yeah it made me wonder how long ago they actually did record that though really the dog is thirsty I was like we're the ones that should be thirsty okay what was Chris Harrison Okay. Um, yeah. So something else that Chris Harrison said was he kind of and came off a little critical where he's like, Matt, a few weeks in, you were like, I'm confident my wife is in this room and I'm ready for engagement. And now you're questioning that. I didn't like the tone that he used in that because yes, the whole premise of the show is to get engaged at the end. But if you're not feeling it, then you shouldn't force yourself to do it and that was another difference with Peter's season is that I don't know if he felt the pressure to be in a relationship at the end or not or what but he went from woman to woman to woman and wasn't ready and it's that idea of like maybe you're ready for the fun parts of The Bachelor but when it comes down to like the nitty-gritty of it yeah and the final two the actual engagement part maybe you're not well we said it before it's like you know it might be hard to get to that point if you now you have this much celebrity as the bachelor bachelorette and then be engaged and be planning to settle down with someone because it's a real thing yeah it's a real ass thing so i like that matt is questioning like am i really ready to put the work in do i know what this actually takes and not just get again swept up by the whole bachelor bubble and fantasy and fairy tale of it but realizing like this is a real thing and it takes real work and am I ready to commit to that yeah so we get into the final dates they repel down the side of a building of the Emma Colin yes and they are definitely not dressed for that Uh, pants (laughs) how are those pants so tight tight ass pants that should have split as soon as he started going down that side of that building I've never seen such defined hamstrings (laughs) as in Matt's pants there has to be like some kind of stretch in them they're jeggings. They're 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 fucking jeggings, man. I wouldn't be surprised if he did split his pants and then they brought him back up and like we need to reach. They brought the same girl, the same guy who fixed Rachel's hair up through yeah. skydiving to like seam his pants together. Yeah, exactly. They rappelled down to this like fire pit in the middle of a heart. It's very windy. Okay, cool, cute. Side interview for Matt. He says he doesn't know where he's at with Michelle, which. Pretty much is the kiss of death. If we didn't know all the spoilers that we do. Which I feel like is wild to anybody else watching besides Matt. I feel like everyone besides Matt is like, this girl, this relationship is perfect. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. You got a teammate. You got a partner. We're not in the relationship. But come on. We don't always choose what is best for us. It's true. I know people say like, you know yourself best and you choose what's best for you. No, not always. (laughs) 
But like we said, Matt hasn't had the real heartbreak, so yeah. I think he's gone for that lustful, fun, I'm in love relationship yeah. that you look back on and go, I never actually was in love with this person. And I think that's what it'll be, is that his definition of love will change again. Yeah. And then the most devastating part of the episode happens. He goes and he talks with, to Michelle in her room. And she has candles lit. And she's and she has a cake there. I hope she ate a cake after. Yes, eat, eat those feelings, as I like to say. She gets him a gift. She gets him jerseys with so Mr. and Mrs. James <clears throat> on the back. What does it say on the front? I missed it, you know. The front team name she gives them is World Changing Warriors. I get emotional every time. I got so emotional, emotional the first time that we recorded uh, this and then the app crashed. And now we're recording again and I'm still, I still feel it. I feel emotional because. And he's going in there with the intention of breaking up with her. And she gets him this gift and it, she's just such a nice person and she does not deserve the heartbreak that is coming her way. I would not want to be in his shoes because like, how do you break up with someone after they give you a gift like that? And he somehow has to do that. And unfortunately, he doesn't do it in the best way. And he says, I don't think I can get there with you, which is something you you say to the final five, final four. You don't say it to a final two. Like that thought would have had to cross your mind a lot earlier, I feel like. And But yeah. you, you made her go through this process still. Then he like hugs her, puts on his jacket and walks out. He just dips. He's like, thank you. She doesn't get, she doesn't get to respond. She doesn't get to process. Um, Just crying in a corner. He doesn't ask her like, what do you need from me in this moment? No, he just leaves. He is in his emotions and his feelings and kind of selfish with with his. Yeah. He he was selfish in that moment, which okay, fine, you know, when we're in our emotions, we don't always make the best choices. But that was not a good choice. Um, And we just see the last thing we see of her is just crying in the corner. Like we don't even get to see her leave or do an exit interview or anything. She's just gone. And he goes and sits on the curb. And Chris Harrison, very godfather that he is, comes walking out. out. stroll, And he's like, who is this but my bachelor crying? Let me go. Comfort him. How are you, Matt? (laughs) that's what I picture (laughs) I know that wasn't the case but I just picture him walking up and being like oh good thing I have me and my camera crew here basically Matt is telling him I don't think I could do this and he's he's, he says it in the interview like I'm not engagement ready and one day is not gonna make someone engagement ready and he says he needs time and then he walks away from Chris the next day Rachel's all excited for her date and then she gets a knock on the door Chris Harrison again he's like I'm so sorry I have to be the one to tell you this, but Matt is a mess. He needs time. No date today. I also loved during this Rachel's like smiling. She's like, you're making me nervous. And Chris is like, so I have bad news. It's like, read the room. Again, this whole lack of emotion thing. Maybe she just doesn't display emotion well, hey? Well, yeah, just not the way that we expect to see it if you're going through something like this. She's or very the same level, no matter what's going on. She just sits there and she's like, uh, is he not ready to marry me? Like, what's going on? She's left in the dark. Yeah, at one point she's like, mm-hmm. this is it. He picked Michelle. Mm-hmm. And now he's just breaking up with her. Yeah, because she's not told that he's already broken up and sent Michelle home. He, in a separate interview, is questioning, like, what is their relationship built on? Is love enough to get engaged to her the next day? No. And we're we're like, no. So the part that pisses me off is that he's like, I need a day and I need to be by myself. And he cancels the date with the person he probably should be having these conversations with. 
And then they bring in Neil Lane. America's favorite therapist comes in with his briefcase of diamonds. Love the idea rings. that he was probably quarantining and getting, getting COVID tests and he was just in his room with his briefcase of diamond rings. You know, he's, he's trying to take the pressure off of Matt and he's like, you know, we can look at the rings, we cannot look at the rings, totally up to you. Let's you know, talk. Man to man. Everybody's therapizing Matt at this point. Matt and just needs therapy is what he needs. He needs to talk to somebody. He needs to talk to somebody about how his everyone par- should have therapy. About how his way. parents' relationship impact impacted everybody. his ability to make relationships. That's what he needs to talk to someone about. And then Matt says the stupidest thing I've ever heard him say. He said, maybe if I hold the ring, I will all of a sudden, it'll come to me that she's the That's one. not how it works. No. As we saw from Tasha's season, going wedding engagement rings shopping is a good indication of if you're not ready, but it will never, ever, ever be the indication that you are ready to spend your life yeah. with something. You should know before. I feel like when you're buying a ring, if you don't buy a ring, whatever, it should probably be like, I want to marry you so much first, mm-hmm. then here's your ring second. Yes. We'll get your ring together or we'll get the ring after. The important thing is I want to marry you. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And he's holding this ring and he's like, there's so much weight to this ring. It symbolizes everything that my dad couldn't give to my mom. Okay. The ring is not the thing. The ring has nothing to freaking do with it. There are plenty of us who got the rings and the marriages ended. Who got the rings and infidelity happened. It's not the thing. I thought it was. I even thought it was because we're conditioned to think it is. If the ring's not right, it doesn't represent me, he doesn't know me, da 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 There's a lot of cases where there's no ring present, and they can be the happiest couple. Common law. You can yeah. be content as hell in common law and not even get married. Yeah. You know, so the ring is not the thing. And to put all of this on a ring, again, tells us there's not that emotional maturity there that he yeah. needs to have in order to actually be ready for a long-term relationship with somebody. There's a lot of work that needs to no, be done there. He's not ready for that. He's ready for his first his first adult heartbreak. And he picks out a ring anyways. So like why are you picking out something for something that you're not ready to do? Yeah, why would you do that in the first it was so why? weird. It was so weird. That's the show saying this is what needs to happen because this is what has always come in and happened. We just needed his appearance. We we paid Neil Lake for his appearance. He needs to be in there somewhere. Yeah, it's true. He had to quarantine and get him get the test shoved up his nose. So if Matt says he needs time and if you're gonna cancel a date you need to cancel everything. Well, and okay, it was so it was so weird the next day, right? Rachel, they have this whole film school sad scene of like Rachel getting out of bed being sad, Rachel having her mm-hmm. coffee being sad. Rachel mm-hmm. gets the note that says meet me by the lake and she's sad. And then what does she do? She puts on a ball gown. Yeah, because that's that's the end dress and she has to wear it. And for her side and for her sake too, and I, I told you I kind of was her it, with my marriage couple of months before we were supposed to get married I actually we actually separated I moved out because he was having doubts and hesitations and stuff like that that should have been a huge red flag and I should not have gone through with the wedding at that point but for Rachel if someone is a day out from supposed to being engaged from you and then he's having all these doubts to the point where he doesn't even want to see you and have that conversation I would be questioning whether been, he's ready to be engaged to me the outfit I would have put on is what Katie was wearing on the day that she went home yeah my practical airport outfit we would have been wearing our hoodie blankets <laughs> be like just just tell me but 
I wouldn't give him the opportunity then. I'd be like, well, if you're questioning it so much, then maybe you're not, you're not ready. Then why would I accept anything from you? But Rachel's also not mature enough to have that. No, because she's like, I just want you to choose me. Choose me. Choose me. Love me. Apparently that's from Grey's Anatomy. I didn't know that. Yes, it is. I just think it's funny with, choose me, pick me, love me. The proposal setup, though. Oh, wow. It's beautiful. It's like a fireplace in the forest, and it's fall, and it's gorgeous. They outdid themselves. And it was the flattest, most anticlimactic. Oh, my gosh. Well, like, Chris Harrison talks to Matt one last time. You know, Matt is saying, I do love her. Chris is like, enough to be engaged? Like, are you going to propose? And Matt's like, I think it will come to me when I see her. You should know before. You've been seeing her, bro. She's been seen. She's been seen. She's been seen by you. It's the same thing of like, if I just hold the ring, if I just see her, if you're looking for all of these, like, I think you're deflecting, Matt. I think you're deflecting. If you're looking for all these symbolic things, all these romance movie things... That ain't the thing. Listen, Nora, You're not Nora gonna... Ephron did not write your proposal, okay? Yeah. This is not a, was it Jordan Sparks? Yes. <laughs> One step at a time. You shouldn't be looking for all those little symbolic things. You're looking for a reason, which means it's not there. Yeah, exactly. Because if it was there, you wouldn't have to look for it. No, it would just be. You would be you secure knew, in it. You knew. So Rachel comes in. It's a nice dress. She looks lovely. She curled her hair for the occasion. Good color. The back is deep. She took our advice. She took obviously. our advice. She heard the podcast. Um, she heard the podcast. She went back in time. She changed her dress. This was the most solemn. They looked so sad. <laughs> solemn final. Even if there was no engagement ring, the most solemn final rose thing ever. Yeah. That we've ever seen in all of our years of watching this show. There was no fun music and no, it was the flattest, like. There was no excitement. No. There was no happiness. There was no bubbliness. There this was whole, very how I would describe the last 50 minutes of this season of The Bachelor was just flat. It was flat through and through. It lacked joy. And Matt's face was the same face that he wore every time he broke up with someone. There was no reaction over her saying, I love you. No. Basically, he just says, uh, I'm not ready for an engagement, but I want to build a relationship. Which is mature, which is smart. This was a really fancy setup for, will you be my girlfriend? Yeah. Of course she says yes. And then they ride off in a carriage. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Then we get to the after the final rose. Because that's basically what it kind of goes to. Yeah. Nothing really else happened besides she got a rose and they agreed to date. After the final rose, we get Emmanuel Mm. coming in. And right off the bat, he's like, I'm here because of Chris Harrison's offenses. And we're going to talk about Rachel Kirkendall's racially insensitive photos. He's there. He looks handsome. His suit jacket is too tight. I think they did that on purpose for his muscles. <laughs> he looked uncomfortable in that, just saying. But the yeah. turtleneck, 10 out of 10. Choice? Mm-hmm. He was awkward, this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. This goes back to the stay in your lane situation. He knows sports. Yeah, he's a football player. That's where his expertise lies. And he's done the um, uncomfortable un- uncomfortable conversations with the black man. Because he is a black man. Yeah. That's where his expertise lies. His expertise is not in this franchise. No. The whole thing was flat. He mm-hmm. was very TV presenter the entire time. There was no there emotional was, connection for him. His cadence was awkward. It was just awkward to listen to. It was almost hard to listen to because there was no rhythm in how he spoke. He asked great questions, but I mean, could anyone have come in and asked those questions? Yeah, anyone could be given those questions. And his follow-ups, which a lot of times are more improv, were pointed. Yeah. 
But that investment, that emotional connection, we don't even know if he's a watcher or a fan of the franchise. So that all comes into play when you're a host of something like this. And when it's something about love and relationships, you need to come from that emotional side. You need to come from that empathetic side, that sympathetic side. It was kind of treated like he has a YouTube video where he'll have those tough conversations with people. Like he's done ones with police officers and Mm. stuff like that. And it was kind of treated like that, which is fine. But there wasn't the reality TV aspect of the fact that it's a reality TV show. Mm-hmm. It's a dating reality TV show. Yeah. You know, I needed some excitement. I needed a little bit of connection to, to the franchise, which I which lacked for me. And we were also missing the crowd, which yeah. gives a lot of energy. This was the first after the final rose that we've gotten since lockdown happened last year. So this was our first experience without having the live audience. I would have even loved if they just put fucking through the PAs from the show into the audience and just put a disclaimer being like, all these people work on the show. Just something. It felt so dead air. Yeah. There was was no firework. Just really empty. It felt so empty. empty. I don't know why they kept it in this big soundstage, too. I would have preferred it in, like, someone's living room. (laughs) Right? Like, a smaller set. Yeah, a smaller set, if it was going to be like that. He talks to Michelle first. That's when we find out that she did not feel like she had closure because she didn't get to say her piece. And we find out that she actually asked to have a conversation with Matt, just like a two-minute, I don't want to change your mind. I just want to give you my feelings, and then I can go. And he wouldn't give her that. Yeah, he said no. He said no. And he did apologize for that. Yeah. And he just said, there's there's no excuse for why I did that. I just did Yeah, it was basically sorry. like, you're a great person. These are all your characteristics. I think you're fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. And I should have made a different choice. Yeah. Which is all you need to do. Hello. That's what we've been saying for weeks is that apology. Just there's no I'm sorry buts. No. It was a good apology. It was a good and apology. And then at the end of that, she said, I hope you kiss with your eyes closed and come up with more phrases than thank you for sharing. So savage. So good. So great. She said it in the nicest way. It was the most and, zest that this episode had. And she was also asked, like, what were her thoughts on the photos that have surfaced, as well as the Chris Harrison stuff. And she didn't really go into too much of what her feelings were, but she's like, there's a lot of statements being made, but not any change happening. And that's kind of how she, you know, she just feels yeah. disappointed. Um, yeah, so Michelle leaves, Matt's still there. No, they bring up Rachel first. Wait, no. No, no, it's, it's, it's Matt first. It's Matt. Emmanuel is like, you know, there's a difference when two black men are having a conversation. And how much pressure did Matt feel being the first black bachelor or black presenting bachelor? He's like, there was a lot of pressure because I knew there would be an extra level of scrutiny. The awareness that he had that this would have been, might have been the first time for a lot of viewers that they would have had a black man in their homes. Yeah. Any other lead that they've ever had of The Bachelor only had to think about finding love where he had to be concerned of how he was presenting a black male because this was the narrative like might have been the only narrative that a lot of viewers would have had of a black man yeah because they would never have encountered them anywhere else in their life unless it was maybe in a negative way um and he talks about how he had to make his blackness more digestible yeah for that viewership yeah because i think probably for a lot of white americans the only time that they have that is watching sports and then people aren't talking mm-hmm. and then you get a lot of white people who like when athletes start having opinions the whole shut up and dribble thing mm-hmm. which i don't know why you expect people to entertain you and do nothing else he was very aware that he had to make people comfortable with his blackness and, and appear non-threatening 
And if you get a chance, uh, go listen to Nick Vile's podcast conversation last year around the George Floyd era. And I was trying to find it, but I didn't find it in time where he talks with a black man about his experiences just walking through a predominantly white neighborhood and what he feels he needs to do just to seem non-threatening to someone walking past him. All the things he needs to consider that someone that who's white never ever has to consider which i think is interesting when in the last week all the the this stuff about women's safety has come up Mm -hmm. um and uh, i was i heard a thing talking about um there was a man um talk about all the things that he feels he has to do as a man to be non-threatening in in his effort to be non-threatening to a woman Mm. um because he was like i know i'm not a threat but this person doesn't know I'm not a threat, which is different, but it just made me think about that and all the things women have to do when you're going out to to not be a target. The things that women have to do, yeah, to not be a target, mm-hmm. and what he would have to do to not be seen as yeah a threat, as right? a threat, yeah, exactly, just for existing. Then they talk about you know how was it after the show ended and and when the photos came up and how that affected his relationship with Rachel and he said after the show ended it was great it was bliss it was perfect whatever honeymoon period and he initially dismissed those photos in the conversation around her as rumors which I don't get because there was like photographic evidence and proof maybe he didn't see the photos right away maybe he just heard about that these photos were there yeah and he heard about the other things, like how she had made fun of a girl who liked black guys. I still don't think they had access to media and stuff in the jeans yeah. afterwards. Yeah, that's true. And then he's like, I, he was hoping that it wasn't true because you always don't want to believe. You want to believe the best in people, right? Yeah, especially, especially the person that you're really like, got... I'm in love with this yeah, person. Yeah, totally. But when she came out with her statement and really acknowledging her culpability in, in all of this is when he had to check himself, he said, and reassess their relationship and how that would look moving forward he realized that she needed to do a lot of work without him being present and without him leading the way and being the crutch and being the like you know look how much work I've done I'm with this black guy still yeah so he he ended it with her and so he confirmed they're not together um, because and he had this realization that she doesn't understand what it's like to be black in America and that's not the same as her having to go through the experience of being black in America, but she understands that it that there is a difference and there are issues yeah. that are there. So he wants to take a step back. He took a step back from the relationship. The question's, you know, but it was three years ago. So you're really going to hold her accountable to something that happened three years ago and maybe she's different now. Da, da, da. And then he's like, you know what also was a long time ago? Plantations. And people are still thinking that it wasn't a big deal. So there's the issue. Yeah, it's true. Um, so Matt leaves, Rachel comes up. Rachel looked so skinny. She looked gaunt, a little creepy. It's the kind of look that even makeup can't cover. Yeah. So you can tell that she's tired and she's been through a lot. Fair. She has. Yeah. And we were kind of wondering too, like, and it might be a mix of both, but did Matt choose to step away of his own accord or because he felt the social pressure too? Yeah. Because if he didn't, what would that say about him and his character? And I mean, we already kind of question that because he's a... He's a registered Republican. He's a Republican. Conservatism is linked to Puritanism, which is linked to white colonialism, hold systems of white supremacy, patriarchal values, 
I think that social pressure definitely played a part because he can't then talk about all the stuff about being black and representing and, and the narrative if he's then going to stay with Rachel. with Rachel. Yeah. They tell Matt to leave so that they can talk to her separately. And right away they bring up the Atabello party pictures. I mean, she pretty much owns it. She's like, I was ignorant. I never examined what was behind this. I never looked at the history. I didn't bother. Yeah. Because it didn't affect her. Yeah. So when it doesn't affect you, you don't think to look or ask. A simple example of that is I don't eat pork. So I have to ask for a lot of things if there's pork or if it's made with pork. And if you don't have any food restrictions, that that's not something that you it occurs to you to ask or to think about. If you're with someone who has, you know, those things, it's not something that affects Which your life. It's kind of funny because I feel like I think about that as, I think about this all the time because I'm a vegetarian, you don't eat pork. Yeah. And I work as a waitress. You get people who come in who it's like, they don't ask the questions, which is kind of funny, mm-hmm. even though it's their own dietary restrictions. Mm. Like, I've brought plates of food out to people with pancetta and stuff in it, which is pork products. Yeah. And they'll get it and be like, oh, I don't eat meat. And it's like, why wouldn't you think to ask? Did and I, I see it on the menu? Yeah. <laughs> Which we get it, we get it a lot, but I feel like that's when I realize how the general population doesn't think of these things. Yeah, right. You don't think. Where yeah. I feel like there's times when I've done a lot of thinking for people when I've been at work, mm-hmm. and they've I've seen people who like people who are visibly Muslim, mm-hmm. right? like a woman wearing a hijab who'll order something with bacon, whatever, mm-hmm. and just because it's a different name, they won't oh, know. Yeah, and I'll be like, oh, this has. Do you want it without this? Because it's a pork product. But I feel like I'm aware of that because of like where I grew up, like yeah. where I grew up, and knowing you, having friends who are, you know, yeah, you you get that awareness when you're exposed to it. You think about it. Yeah. I think is what I mean to say. Mm, yes and no. Yes and no. I think people ha- can have knowledge of it, but not to take the step further in doing that initiative that you do. They're just like, oh, they're just it's different. Yeah. But they still don't take it into their awareness. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, I mean, I've made that mistake too, where you know chicken cordon bleu whatever I didn't realize that has ham yeah because that's not part of my general knowledge yeah if it's named by something foreign if it's an Italian name why would you expect someone who wears a hijab to know that yeah that's true um so that ignorance can can be there but like I still know people that don't realize that ham bacon and pepperoni are all of the same animal and are yeah. all pork products people don't know that yeah like, wait what do you mean you you don't eat this and like this this is the same animal like that ignorance is still there which is astonishing at the same time like disappointing but that's a simple example of her is like race had never had an impact or an effect on her life it's never something that was there for her so it's not something she would ask about and go into and take the initiative because she didn't grow up with it and she doesn't talk about her upbringing because she doesn't want to blame anything and I understand that but it would have been a nice way to kind of get to know of where she's coming from yeah and you know and because you can look at these things and go generally southern states have lower ranked education systems there's certain history that gets washed out because of the leadership that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, your government influences your the, what's taught in schools. Yeah, it's good to Everything, know. Everything's connected to each other. It's good to know where the gaps are. Yeah, because if you're gonna say I don't want to blame and da da da, like then we don't know where the gaps are, and then that's where it starts with changing things well, and making And she was better. saying how lots of people, lots of messages she got from people were like, "Oh well, I'm from the south, and I didn't think anything of it. It's just normal." Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but what in your education system is lacking because of who, which parties have you had in power for a long time, that everything's interconnected. 
right? Yeah. There's nothing that's and nothing's her up, isolated. Her upbringing as well, because like with with you, you can grow up in a conservative province and still like through your family, yeah, and have not have conservative parents, yeah, and, and your environment, yeah. like you were exposed to a lot of those things, right? It makes a big difference where you're it from does. and what you're around makes a huge difference in what your opinions are. And I kind of wish she would have acknowledged that because. Mm-hmm. He, he mentioned it's, like, the racial ignorance um, that she wasn't thinking about it, right? Because, like, I don't think Rachel doesn't come across to me as someone who's, like, who's aggressively ra- yeah. racist and, like, she, there, goes there out of her way to be hateful. There wasn't the intention no. to do that. She, you know, she even says, like, I was... Because he asks, like, you knew those photos were out there. He's a black man. Did Were you worried that all those photos would come out? And She's like... I was so ignorant about the impact of these that it wasn't even a factor in my mind. Like, say what you will about her. She's honest in that fact. There was no consideration because she didn't even know they were wrong at that point. It was just her playing dress up and taking a picture with her friends. And that also speaks to the lack of diversity that she has in her own life and in her own group. Totally. Right. So I kind of wish she had brought that into it. And he's like, what took you so long? She said, I wanted to take the time to understand. And we saw what it does to someone if you do a knee-jerk reaction. Yes, maybe it shouldn't have taken her so long to come out, and the timing of it was very suspect. But she also shouldn't have done what, like, Taylor did, where she came out with a knee-jerk reaction apology, and it was horrible. Yeah. You know, so she she wanted to take the time to understand why the photos were wrong. And he's like, what have you done? And she's like, I can give you a list of everything. But education without action doesn't create actual change and she talked about how initially when she got the phone call from matt apparently this was done over the phone the breakup kind of savage it's kind of horrible kind of mean i don't know if he had other options at that point but a facetime you know what yeah yeah you're right you're right just saying you're right so she said initially when he did that she felt very blindsided and she didn't understand where this was coming from but then realized you know because she said they had such a strong love and that love was real how much she had hurt him for him to say we have to be done yeah and and how much he had to been hurt by it to end it they bring Matt out she's like I'm sorry I hurt you yeah I'm sorry that these actions and she doesn't excuse the fact that they happened three years ago and I'm a different person now. Da, da, da. She doesn't do any Honestly, of that. her whole response to this was good. It's, it was good. And it didn't feel coached. No. And it didn't feel like some PR wrote it for her. It did actually, for the first time, I felt like it was genuinely her. Yeah. And I actually saw genuine emotion from her. When Matt was asked to respond, oh man. Yeah, he looked pretty, he looked torn up. There was a lot of, the silence spoke volumes, you know? Yeah. Manuel was like, this might be the last time we see each other. He what was so he say? was so dramatic with so it. He dramatic. was like, every time, like when Michelle left, he was like, this will be the last time that you see her. This will be the last It's time. like, no, it won't. It yeah. won't. And he just stayed silent for the longest time. But that silence, all the emotions were there. Yeah. He was angry. He was sad. He was devastated. Like, you can feel it. This That's the kind of thing as an actor that you want to achieve. It was very nuanced. The you emotion was nuanced. You don't have to say any words. And you tell everything he was feeling Yeah. in that moment. Like, ouch. He does eventually speak, but it doesn't feel scripted. He was disappointed on the fact that he had to explain to her what was wrong about those pictures at all. And her not fully understanding his blackness, which I feel is partly on him too, because they should have had that race conversation during the show. A hundred percent. And if they did, they didn't show it. 
or it didn't edit it in, but I feel like they did not even. We have the conversation about how we wonder what his relationship to his own black identity is. Yes. Because he has a lot of white friends. He's a registered Republican. He's from the South. He was raised by a white woman. Yeah. Removing everything else that we know outside of the show, within the show, just by virtue of her being a white woman and him being a black man, that conversation should have been there. Yeah, totally. What do you, what is like your thoughts on this? What is your view on this? Our kids are going to present and, as And black. I mean, maybe there was a conversation that wasn't aired. I don't feel like there was. There should have been more than one conversation for between multiple people. There wasn't a lot of those conversations. It probably wasn't even a conversation that she would have considered having, right? Because again, race has not really affected her life yeah. in that way. So it's not all she's like, I'm looking at him and I love him. She's not looking at him as a black man and what could this mean? Yeah. Right. So him having the knowledge of him being a black man, whatever his relationship to his blackness is, he would have still walked through life presenting as a black man and would have gotten feedback on that. Yeah. From society. That should have been something he brought in. Definitely. Um, The last thing that really kind of happens there is she starts crying and he says, I don't want to be emotionally responsible for those tears, which snaps for Matt. Yes, because Emmanuel's like, is there even just the slightest open door for the relationship? And Matt's like, not saying yes, not saying no, but he's like, the work needs to be done. It sucks that you're hurting, but that can't be on me. Yeah, definitely good. Um, Again, Emmanuel's very dramatic. (laughs) It's like the Titanic isn't going down, dude, calm down. He's like, this will be your final embrace. Do you want a final embrace? It's like you're, they're going to walk backstage together. Their dressing rooms are probably beside each other. They okay. did not have a final embrace did not. on camera. Not that we saw. The very last thing, which they're like trying to be all like, oh, Boy, you'll never it. guess. You'll never guess. And it's like, bro, we all know. Thanks, reality sees. <laughs> Honestly. Thanks. Like we've known for weeks now and it was confirmed. I'm sorry, Rebecca. The next bachelorette is Katie. <laughs> And then we're going to have Michelle. Woo! <laughs> There's a lot of, okay, so we're just going to break it down really quickly on why we don't think Katie should be the next Bachelorette and should have just been on Paradise. One, we don't think she can carry her own season. I don't think she's interesting enough to carry her own season. Two, Bachelor is going backwards and in the most diverse season ever where they could have chosen so many other good options, they've gone back to the white girl story. Yeah, and she was, she came in 11th. It wasn't like she was a top four Right? Like, she hit him in the head with a dildo and then left at week six. So that just tells us that the Bachelor franchise hasn't actually learned anything and was just using Tasha and Matt as tokenism. Yep. And I think they didn't add in Michelle mm-hmm. until people started going, hey, Katie Kate, like, left really early. And we had great options here. Yeah. So fourth is Michelle was an afterthought because they might have gotten criticism and black backlash that you're going back to a white narrative again. Yeah. So now, oh, let let us put Michelle in. Everybody loves her. She was an afterthought. I know they're trying to say it's because of her teaching schedule. I think that's kind of bullshit. That's four. Five, we don't think that casting for her is going to be very diverse. Nope. Despite the fact that she has shown that she's willing to date a person of color and marry a person of color, it's looking so far with it looks, the casting. It's looking real white. It's looking really white. Looking a lot of, a lot of white Which again boys. tells us that the Bachelor franchise is not learning. No, not listening. Despite what they're saying. I think she would have been lovely on Paradise. I think in a group dynamic, she's great. P- 
people liked her because of her conversations with the other women. It's true. What is she going to be without those other women? It's true. We acknowledge that it, we might be surprised because it's happened before. Uh, most recently with Hannah B's season, we were not emotionally invested in Hannah B. We did not think she would be good. She was she, great. She's been my favorite bachelorette that we've she had. She was great. So I will Who reserve knows? my judgment. I will stay judgmental. <laughs> and that's the balance that we'll have. <laughs> For the and that's how our friendship is. Thank you, folks. For the upcoming season. So we'll still be here. We'll still be watching, reviewing, recapping, giving you uh, tidbits and stuff. Yeah, we're going to be coming up with some interviews. Um, we'll deep dive into a couple couple different things of the franchise. Always coming back with updates until the next season airs. And if there's anything that you guys would like us to expand on, let us know as well, too. So yes. we would love to get into what's what your viewership's experiences yeah. have been like. DM us, comment at the Batch Podcast. We would love if you would follow us along there. We'll be sharing stuff, sharing more of ourselves, more stories, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us know what you want to see. We have some ideas, but there's always going to be more. Yeah, so that concludes this journey. <laughs> but our journey will still continue as long as these franchises do. So Hell yeah. Tune in to us for a different episode. Yes. Yeah. Bye, friends. Bye. <laughs>